Dale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Through Pierre, on another fine, fabulous, fantastic, fiery, fanatical Friday, friends. Today, uh, Torch Report 261, the Brunson v. Adams PSYOP. This is, in fact, uh, the special report that exposes exactly why this exciting Supreme Court, quote-unquote, case is not what it appears to be. Do not be deceived, my friends. Today, this is going to be, uh, it, it, it's kind of an unprecedented step, really, for me, for yours truly. I kind of uh, stepped in it yesterday when I called out the PSYOP for what it is. I've had people blowing up my email saying, oh, come on, you guys, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, like as if I'm a traitor for not buying into the, you know, not drinking the Kool-Aid and buying into the lies. And I say, bring it on, because we need to be able to hash out whether or not this this is or is not a psyop or is or is not a historical Supreme Court case that's going to overturn the fraudulent 2020 elections and and reinstate the rightful heir Donald J. Trump to be the president of the United States, etc. Do you buy that? I mean, really, do you buy that? Does it pass the smell test? Now. Even if you do believe that this does pass the smell test, you know, I, after we look at what we you know, get into what we're talking about today, I think uh, my hope is to uh, present the evidence for you to evaluate that perspective. And, and, and maybe you come to the same conclusion. Maybe you come to a different conclusion. Not really for me to say. Yesterday, uh, I said about making a video. I said in the podcast I was going to make a video for the Patriot Club members to walk everyone step by step through my research into the Brunson v. Adams case. But in this case, uh, it ended up being way too long because there is a lot of information and there are seemingly endless subtleties in the situation. And so today I'm just going to outline the most glaring discrepancies uh, and record a highlights reel tomorrow. But I want to take it kind of point by point here, friends. Might go just a little bit long today, friends. If you uh, got your phone handy, or you're at the computer still, please take the time to click the heart. Uh, give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Consider joining the Patriot Club uh, to support this publication for as little as $7 a month. There are going to be some changes here as far as what is and is not available to free subscribers coming in the new year, running a Christmas special right now. So just uh, some options there. But now let's get into this whole great debate about Brunson v. Adams. Let's take it point by point. First up, the first distinction to be made is that Brunson v. Adams is not, in fact, a Supreme Court case. It is a petition, and it is a petition that very, 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 very likely will be dismissed and therefore will not ever be heard by the Supreme Court. Okay, that's just the fact. This was the fate of many other petitions that have been filed by prominent attorneys, including Trump's own legal team and others uh, who were in possession of evidence, who are you know rehearsed and how to petition the court and all that. Uh, they lost, right, that the petitions got dismissed. And now we're supposed to believe that Raylan Brunson, who is not a lawyer and is of dubious character, is going to succeed where other well-funded top tier legal teams have failed. Do you believe that? 
I mean, just think about it on its face. It doesn't make sense logically. It doesn't make sense. Now, the second point I want to make is that claiming that Brunson v. Adams has any chance whatsoever at removing a sitting president from office and further expunging over 300 members of Congress and federal officials for failing to uphold their oath of office, this is an extraordinary claim, is it not? And such an extraordinary claim would naturally require extraordinary evidence. And yet, the only evidence presented in Brunson v. Adams, the only evidence that actually exists in this quote unquote case is that Brunson is deceitful and dishonest. And that's what you'll see here uh, in this special report. Now, the third point, the petition itself is full of fluffy legalese. And I have spent uh, hours. I was up late, 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 late last night, got up early, early this morning, just pouring through reams of legal documents. And course, when the average everyday American reads a legal document, their eyes just kind of gloss over. It's just, it's fluffy language and all this. It's, it's specific technical terms and stuff. But the, you know, the fact that the eyes want to gloss over, that's kind of unfortunate because in this case, if you were to really get into the words and the phrases that Brunson's trying to thread together, you'll realize that they amount to little more than mindless jabber and poor grammar. And I just want to offer this little excerpt here as an example. The and this is a direct quote from the filing that's the petition that's sitting uh, there for the Supreme Court to consider. It says this, the doctrine of the object principle of justice is couched by the supreme law of the land and sets in motion to provide our court system to be the most just, limited, highly effective, and easy to understand, and infuses our court system to be the most highly respected and dearly admired court system greater than the world has ever seen. <sighs> Pause. <laughs> Just, you know, read it slowly and then reread it again, friends. If you're listening on a podcast platform, you got to realize all the screenshots. To get the screenshots, you have to go to thetorchreport.com. So if you're listening, you get to listen to the to the uh, the sweet, melodic voice of yours truly. But if you really want to get all the goodies, you have to go to thetorchreport.com. And the screenshot here, just that opening sentence there uh, from that paragraph, it points to the fact that it doesn't. It, 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 it sounds good if you're not really paying attention, if your eyes gloss over, but if you read it slowly, consider the language being used. Is the sentence structure correct? No, it's not. You know, do these sentences actually make sense? No, they don't. You know, are they just a bunch of words strung together in a nonsensical way? Why? And yes, in fact, they are. The truth is these sentences are not coherent and they point in my humble opinion, you know, my humble opinion as an ignorant peasant, <laughs> that, uh, that that there's some level of psychosis going on here, meaning that Brunson himself likely cannot distinguish between what he thinks he is saying and what his words actually mean or, or, or actual reality. And it's just really important to look at that. Uh, it, and the, continuing on here in this excerpt, it says, in addition, the doctrine of the object principle of justice stops the precarious nature of our courts. Their jobs would be much easier with less stress, and parties in court would have a strong sense on how the court is going to rule, thus promoting settlements to high degree, and as such, lawsuits and appeals would greatly reduce. This is an absolute fact, claims Brunson. Now, I want to point out that this is Brunson uh, 2022 uh, making this this file against the 2020 elections. But that language exactly comes from his brother, uh, Darren Brunson's. Uh, yeah, Darren G. Brunson, his uh, his self 
filed petition against the court back in 2019. We'll get into that in just a minute. So, you know, just want to point out that Raylan is just making shit up here. The object principle of justice is a doctrine that does not exist. So when he says the doctrine of the object principle of justice stops the precarious natures of the court, he's just making stuff up. He's making up words. They may sound good, but they mean nothing. And so the fourth point here is that it's important to realize that this doctrine of the object principle of justice is not actually a legal precedent. If it were, you could look it up. And if it were, it would be found all over in the legal literature. But it is not. It does not exist outside of a closed loop reference, a circular reference to the Brunson brothers petition to dismiss the repossession of his property. So uh, Darren Brunson had bought himself a nice million dollar mansion, failed to pay the uh, the mortgage on it. We're going to get into that, but that's where this language is coming from. So Raylan Brunson asserts that these supposed doctrines, the doctrine of objective object principle of justice, are defined in a certain uh, docket number 18-1147. And we're going to get into that. He makes this claim on page eight of his petition to the Supreme Court to arrest the president of the United States, okay? Uh, and it, I think this this is another excerpt that offers a fine example of his jabber and hubris. It says on page eight of the document, he's, you know, the petition he submitted to the court to arrest the president. It says, jurisprudence requires this court to revoke the doctrine of equitable maxim that it created and to instill the doctrine of the object principle of justice more thoroughly throughout the entire court system in America. Pause. Who the hell thinks that's actually going to happen? It's not. It's just hubris. Now, jabbering on, Brunson says the doctrines of equitable maxim and the object principle of justice are fully explained in a petition before the court, before this court, under docket number 18-1147. To avoid being repetitious, Brunson herein incorporates the argument found therein and though fully, as though fully stated herein, and moves this court to address the question either under this petition or docket number 18-1147. Friends, it's probably worth pointing out that the document he's referring to, the 18-1147, is not, uh, it, it, one, it was filed by Raylan's brother, Darren. It was dated May 2019, and the document, which can be found on the Supreme Court website, this docket, I got the link there in the torch report. Uh, this is a petition. It's not a case, but it does not actually define what these terms are. So he's he's misleading here when he says that, uh, you know, I'm to avoid being repetitious. I'm going herein. I'm going to incorporate the arguments found there. And as this as though fully stated here and, and move the, the court to address the question under the docket 18-1147, which if you were to go look at, you would find is a brief four page document. Uh, Filed by his brother, a petition for rehearing because his brother had got dismissed for being a quack. Uh, but he was he was filing this like, oh, please stop the poor Bayview loan servicing from repossessing my repossessing my million dollar house that I can't pay for. Okay, that's what that docket 18-1147 is all about. And I want to take a moment here just to try to explain what I see happening. Because every citizen has the right to petition the court. 
And there's really nothing stopping anyone from doing that. I mean, you could petition the court. I could petition the court even without a lawyer, as is in the case with both the Brunson brothers. They just they're putting forth their own petition. However, petitioning the court does not mean that it becomes a case. Any petition may or may not be validated, meaning it, it could simply be just, you know, BS. It may simply be dismissed by the court for lacking precedent. And none of the Brunson's cases have ever been validated. So they keep making these cases and filing these petitions to be heard, and yet they get dismissed because they're full of jibber jabber and nonsensical, made up, you know, doctrine that does not exist in legal text. Okay. So this is what we're uh, looking at here. I did, you know, and just to drive the point home uh, to note how this, uh, these so-called doctrines don't actually exist, uh, that you can't pull them up in Supreme Court cases, or the Library of Congress, or any law dictionary that I was able to find. I got several screenshots in there just looking and showing you over and over and over again that the object principle of justice does not exist except outside of the Brunson's own little fantasy, all right? And if... The doctrine of the object principle of justice was an actual legal term. If that were the case, it would be readily available for research. We could study it. We could learn how to apply it. It would be cited in numerous documented cases, but it is not because it is made up BS, friends. Furthermore, <laughs> if you were inclined to search even further for this phrase, what you would find is that the only reference to this quote-unquote doctrine is in Brunson and his brother's petition. It's a, uh, there are certain media outlets that have been duped into quoting these petitions. So you go, oh, well, it's over here. I saw it over there. I, oh, yeah, there's all these articles that come up when I'm looking for it. But these doctrines uh, in the, the, that are being talked about in these articles ultimately refer back to the Brunson brothers' petitions, which creates a circular reference that is entirely void of legal validation. Okay. That's creating a mirage. It's an illusion. In other words, just to be very, very clear here, the Brunsons have made up their own doctrine and they are now petitioning the Supreme court to arrest the sitting president based on this made up doctrine. I'll say it again. The Brunsons made up their own doctrine. They're petitioning the Supreme Court to arrest the sitting president based on this made-up doctrine. Now, do you really think the Supreme Court of the United States of America is going to be moved by this? Or they're going to hear this? Or that it's going to do a damn thing to solve this mm, shit show of a situation that we're in, the problems that we're facing? The answer is not. At least I am not persuaded. Though, you know, Brunson v. Adams does stir the patriot's soul with its lofty goal of restoring justice throughout our land. You know, he quotes the, uh, quotes the constitution and the men bill of rights and all that, you know, and Brunson rightly points out that our constitutional rights have been violated. And he rightly points out that our constitutional rights and amendments would restore justice. This petition, however, is problematic for the reasons just explained, as well as the fact that it fails to provide the extraordinary evidence needed to support such an extraordinary claim. So we're trying to be logical here. Just look at it because it just doesn't make sense. You know, if we let the logical mind prevail, you know, can we see that this case will be dismissed before it is ever heard? We should be able to see that just as, as a matter of fact, if we can't accept that there's something else going on here, there's an inner resistance to facing reality. Now, we know that top-notch attorneys worked for a, working for a duly elected president petitioned the court and failed. 
And we know that Brunson, who has no lawyer and wrote the petition, which is full of gibberish, uh, has also failed and been dismissed each and every time he's petitioned the court in the past for all these other issues related to not paying his mortgage. Therefore, is there any reason to believe that the Supreme Court is going to hear this case? The answer is no, there's not, except for false hope. That's the PSYOP, okay? Logically speaking, logically speaking, those forces, those very same forces who foisted the sock puppet upon us are not simply going to let some disgruntled peasant ruin their plot, especially given that this particular peasant is prone to making up his own legal terms and demanding that the Supreme Court treat his delusions of grandeur like the law of the land. It's laughable. Friends, it's it's sad, really. But now let's go ahead and get into some of the weird stuff here, because that's that's just a I mean, it's a frontal assault on on this whole thing. You know, the fact that that Brunson predicated uh, the precedent of his petition on a doctrine that his brother apparently conjured out of thin air should be enough to make people pause and think. How about the fact that the both brothers' addresses on file for these legal cases are rent-a-box mailboxes at shipping stores? You know, that should raise a brow. Little screenshot there. Oh, yeah, this is where the, the, the it's coming from. Oh, for you know, oh, that's a uh, that's a pack and ship, you know. Look at all these different businesses that have their their uh, mailbox there. Okay. The fact that really sets Brunson the Adams apart as a psyop. Is not these uh, addresses and these you know these things I'm pointing out that he's making up his own uh, doctrine and all that, but it's actually in the nitty gritty details of the case laws that they've quoted throughout these different cases. And this is where it gets really interesting to me because, ironically and surely not coincidentally, the cases referenced in both of the Brunson petitions actually refer back to court decisions that are frequently cited in feminist and LGBTQ-related cases. I'm just going to give you a few examples here. Uh, Lawrence et al. So Brunson's are, are saying as legal precedent, they're pointing toward Lawrence et al. v. Texas, which was a case about whether or not two adult males had the right to engage in homosexual acts in their own home. Okay? How does that relate to election integrity? Hmm. Another case, Griswold et al. v. Connecticut, which was a case involving Planned Parenthood giving, quote-unquote, medical advice uh, on how to prevent conception the uh, the progressive way. How is that related to election integrity? Now, Dobbs et al., Dobbs v. Jackson, the Women's Health Organization. This is the the historical case about abortion right that just overturned v. v. Raid. You know, again, they're pointing to these things as support for this alleged constitutional petition about election integrity. But what does any of this have to do with election integrity? And and the petition to, you know, remove the president and expunge hundreds of people in Congress. Isn't it strange that all of these cases cited as precedent are related to the progressive agenda? Very, very curious. How many people are going to dig that deep? Probably not that many, but when they do, what the hell? It's a head scratcher. Why is that happening? It's almost as if Brunson was some kind of leftist lunatic spewing out just barely quasi-plausible legalese alleging to address election integrity. But this leftist lunatic only had the bandwidth to reference familiar progressive court cases to try to support his outrageous claims. Friends, in today's age, who knows? But regardless, Brunson 
is clearly a confused individual. Why else would he be citing these cases? Why else of all the cases that could have been used to establish precedent did he cite the following? Just to throw a couple more out there. American Bush uh, v. the the, sit, the city of South Lake, Utah. This is uh, a case where in the uh, Amer- uh, the where basically a strip club and adult novelty stores were found to be in violation of city ordinances. Why is that in there? You know, Carrie uh, V. Fifus, Pipus, Pipus. Anyway, this case is where two male juveniles got suspended for smoking pot and wearing an earring, which was against school policy. Okay, in both of these last two cases, they sued for damages and loss. But why were these used as legal precedent? It just goes on and on. But moving on, you know, again, we're going a little long here today. So stay with me, friends. It's a fine, fabulous Friday. It is a, a special report and there's more to get out there. So. Let's look at a few other clues that indicate something strange is going on here. Yeah. Consider this excerpt from a petition filed by Darren Brunson uh, in an effort to overturn (laughs) his uh, repossession for not paying his mortgage. Okay. It says uh, here in the appendix, this is just looking at the appendix. And I, I got the screenshot in there. I want you to note the typos. There's typos in this. So you can find the document on the Supreme Court website because it's a record because any citizen has the right to put a petition out there. But this uh, this particular petition has typos in it, which is very unprofessional if you're petitioning the Supreme Court. Uh, and then also there's this, you know, in memory of Rudy A. Diaz, which is strange because Rudy A. Diaz, the name is not actually anywhere in the document. And the only reference to Rudy A. Diaz I could find was this, this uh, mushroom, this fungi specialist. Um, I remember that, well, where the hell he worked at. Anyway, I just kind of strange there. It's almost as if these, these guys were getting shrooms from Rudy A. Diaz. And these shrooms from Rudy A. Diaz might have been the, uh, the deciding factor in, uh, in Brunson's desire to petition the United States Supreme Court. I don't know. Rudy A. Diaz, Yale School of Public Health. He's a research associate. Um, and, and in Southern California, he's the curator of fungi at the UCLA herbarium. Anyway, I just thought I'd point that out there. It's a fascinating, a fascinating reality. Uh, but again, moving on here in the interest of time, just pointing out that beyond the spelling errors and this odd inclusion of Rudy Diaz, there's other bizarre future features riddled throughout Brunson's petition, uh, like the following. Okay. Furthermore, in addition, every single court in the USA unconstitutionally disregards the doctrine of the object principle of justice, which is the supreme law of the land. Pause! The object principle of justice is not the supreme law of the land, and you just made that shit up! (laughs) Okay? So this guy, he goes on. There's two things here in this excerpt uh, where he's claiming the the object principle of justice is the supreme law of the land, which is farcical on its face. It's something just made up. But the second thing I want to note is that the, this is the exact same language. So this is this is Darren using this language. Uh, it's the exact same language that Raylan used in the 2022 petition that aims to arrest the president. So here, uh, the big brother, Brunson, is using this language to try to uh, get 
off with not paying a million dollar mortgage and his little brother Raylan is now using the same language to try to get the uh, sock puppet in the Oval Office arrested. So uh, removed from office. Anyway, I, yeah, I can't knock the guy for trying, but maybe he just had one too many shrooms. I don't know. We see the same language being used, and once more, we see the deranged pontifications of a lunatic trying to justify the delusional premise of his own fantasy. And that, friends, has no legal teeth. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, what's going to happen, you know? Brunson, uh, by the way, Darren was petitioning the court for a restraining order against the mortgage company who was trying to foreclose on his million dollar mortgage loan. I was trying to say, uh, I just put the legal doc link to the legal document and it says here on or about August 8th, 2005, Brunson obtained a loan in the principal amount of $1 million for the purchase of a home in Draper, Utah. And then uh, Dr Brunson failed to fulfill his payment obligations under the terms of the loan. And therefore, the uh, recon trusts and trust deeds, they were, they were going about uh, non-judicial foreclosure efforts, and that's what kicked off this whole thing in 2009. So this is a long, drawn-out process. These guys have had money issues for a long time, and so we find a motivation to make money. And if there is any doubt about this financial motivation to make money, consider the fact that Brunson, Raylan J. Brunson has requested, <laughs> get this friends, Brunson has requested over $2 billion. He wants $2 billion in relief Tax-free, no less, okay? He's asking for $2 billion in relief. He wants the sitting president to be arrested, and he wants to, he wants to get all that money tax-free. Anyway, this guy, he just appears to be a gold digger. You know, it may in fact account for uh, the fact that Brunson's are now fundraising and feasting on the goodwill of the American people, exploiting the fact that our country is in a crisis and many people are desperate to do something that might restore the rule of law in an otherwise lawless situation. Friends, what do you believe? Do you believe that Brunson v. Adams is going to be heard by the Supreme Court and used to oust Joe Biden, inaugurate Donald Trump, and make Raylan Brunson a billionaire in the process? Do you believe that? Or do you believe that these guys might be shysters trying to dig a financial hole they created by defaulting on a million-dollar mortgage? What do you believe? You know, look at the faces here. I put the picture there, looking at the faces. Look at Raylan. Just look at the guy. Read his demeanor. Use your head. Trust your instinct. Trust your heart here. You know, you don't have to agree with me, friends, but I do ask, you know, we just have to be honest with ourselves. You have to be honest with yourself. I have to be honest with myself. You know, is this the guy that's going to save our country? I think not. Is this just another psyop distraction that is keeping American patriots from paying attention to what's really going on? Well, you get to decide that for yourself, friends. Uh, this is the torch report, the truth you can trust, not because I ask you to take my word for it, but because I do an obscene amount of research to present the facts uh, so that you can make your own informed decision. Friends, this is an important, a historic moment. Brunson v. Adams is set to upend the 2020 elections and restore justice to the great old U.S. of A. And if that actually happens, uh, <laughs> if you believe that's going to happen, I got some oceanfront property in Arizona. Woo! 
<laughs> Friends, I'll throw the golden gate in free. That is the message of my heart for today. Do not be deceived, friends. That is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do me the great honor. Take the time, find the heart, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe. If you have not subscribed already, please consider supporting this publication for as little as $7 a month. And above all else, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this fine, fantastic, ah, fanatical Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, friends, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh, 